Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs, providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app, and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC, or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Hi everyone, welcome to Across the Park podcast, episode 31 of the 2020-21 season. It's myself, Gary Judge, and Andrew Price representing the Blues tonight, and we've got Gary Murray and Phil Roberts representing the Reds. Got quite a quite a bit to get through tonight. We've got a um, review of the, the weekend's games, Liverpool's 2-1 victory at home to Aston Villa, and Everton's dour 0-0 draw <laughs> to Brighton, uh, which we'll be doing our best to, to review. Um, we'll have the return of higher or, higher or Low, which has been very popular with our listeners. And I actually enjoy listening back to myself, to be honest, when <laughs> oh, yeah. on the show. It's, it's a good listen. Um, and we'll be previewing the weekend's fixtures, as well as Liverpool's second, the second level of Liverpool's I've also prepared to Who Am I there, as well. I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. Too long, too <laughs> Ruining his intro. We haven't finished the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Phil's got, giddy about this, Who Am I? <laughs> Phil hasn't read the script either. Um so yeah, we'll, we'll be coming to Who Am I after we've previewed Liverpool's second leg to, to Real Madrid and the other games for the weekend. Um, and I've got a note on here to mention that we will be recording the podcast on a Tuesday next week as well. So apologies for it being a little bit late going out the last few weeks, but as you can probably appreciate the games uh, from each team coming on a Monday or, or in Liverpool's case on a Tuesday as well haven't helped. So we will be recu- recording um, next Tuesday as opposed to the Monday, which means that most of you won't be listening until listening until the Wednesday. So yeah, Phil, uh, th- we will be closing off the episode <laughs> with Who Am I? Um, so that's, that, that'll be the last part of the episode today. So we're going to kick off with a re- review of Liverpool's victory at home to Aston Villa. Um, Finally. It, it started in pretty typical fashion, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, Villa obviously taking the lead, but... Yeah. in the end to, to get the points absolutely yeah because uh, overcoming adversity is not a thing that we've seen a lot of this season so and we were we, we, the game started well Salah had a, a, a guilt edge chance very early on Jota header off a corner um, just over the bar so we started well and then to be hit with that goal um, a bit, you know big mistake by Allison, which we've seen a little bit of over the last couple of months Um you know, it's sort of like, oh, not again. And especially the fact it was at Anfield, Gary, you're sort of just thinking, oh, what is this Anfield case? So, Anfield case, it seems mafia to be saying that after after the previous two years we've had. But yeah, I know what you mean. Know. This, this year especially has just been 
it's been weird to watch, but so yeah, I think <laughs> where, where we when they scored, I thought we picked up really well again. You know, we responded really well. We we you know we we got the goal. You know, we what we thought was going to be the equaliser and. Another another VAR decision that's again well, that's go, so again gone against us, but again so marginal. Yeah. It's just, it's well, that's it. So we went behind, and then before we scored, I think was the uh, the Firmino goal that got ruled ruled offside. And like you say, there's not a person in the world who can look at that and say, "Yeah, I can see why that's offside." What's more frustrating, I think, you know, when when you look at the way the Champions League do it, they don't give you the lines what the what the VAR is, is seeing. Yeah. That you know they they basically do what they're doing, then they tell you if it's on or off. When we're seeing it, you're seeing them drawing all different lines, they're starting from different points, they're start, and it's like couldn't get the line right, could they? No, that's, that's what I mean. To do it. But it's yeah. like it, it it seems like I know this just seems like it, we're saying it's all against Liverpool and all that. There's, I'm not saying there's any sort of conspiracy or not like that. But what are you saying every anyway? time we, <laughs> we see these decisions in any game. Obviously, I just watch the Liverpool games more, so I'm seeing it more when it's when it's against us. But in any games that you see that these decisions are being made and these lines are being drawn, they're like they're like drawing it until it's offside. Until he can find. Yeah, it offside. yeah it's like it's like they're trying to they're trying to take the advantage away from the forwards now, as opposed to the way it used to be. It was like if you're unsure, the forward gets the advantage. Now it's like they do everything possible yeah. to make it not a goal. But you don't see the line, you don't see the frame selected of when it left the foot. It's not like the scrutinising that, is it? Because a couple of frames either side on that can affect you know the frame or the other yeah, frame. I, I just think so. They act like the like the sort of technology is perfect, but it's not. No, and for me, I just think if you if you're to work that hard to find it it's just got to be on side hasn't it but that's that's the nature of football it's yeah. always been that's what advantage I mean. attacker hasn't it yeah if it's like if it's not a clear and obvious thing where you can you can see with a dead quick draw under the lines or whatever if you've got to properly scrutinise draw the lines three or four times to make it offside it's onside yeah. and that's not just because it was us who were having to we end up winning the game so it hasn't cost us in the end this one but in other games, even if it goes against you, it's one of them. It's just you, you want to see goals in football. That's what you that's what you go the game for. That's what you well, watch watching the, the match for. this season without fans is bad enough, but like adding VAR to it, like looking at social media and even the blues, you know, it, football's like it's no It's not been as fun to watch it? this year. No. That 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 obviously in, in line with the fact that we've been poor this year. But yeah, but football's not been as fun to watch <laughs> for, us, for different reasons. <laughs> but I know we have VAR when the fans are in, but. Like that on Saturday, imagine, imagine being in the car for that. Yeah. Just waiting and waiting and waiting, not knowing what's going on because they don't show it on the screen or not. Yeah. It's just going to get worse and worse, isn't it? I, I, they've got to do something about that before the start of next season. Well, I, I remember last season, I think it was against Tottenham. There was an incident in the area off a corner against Tottenham and there was about five minutes that went by. Nothing got given in the end. And that was early days, but I kind of thought to myself, it's going to happen this, you know what I mean, yeah. early on, but you know, come next season or whatever, it's one of them things you've just got to get over and eventually they'll get it right and it'll be but worse. But it's like it's but getting worse. It, it is getting worse, yeah. 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 But anyway... I... Do, do you know what it's a little bit like? It's like they've got used to this new toy and they're learning new tools and they're like, ooh, we can draw this line, yeah. we can draw that line. <laughs> so it's like they're learning new things about it every week and, and this new toy is getting more frustrating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's it was, and to be fair for us, that the goal would have been perfect just before half time. You know, yeah. after conceding so late in the in the half as well. But you know, I think again when we come out again second half, we responded really well. We started we started the second half well and got the goal. I think that's where we dropped off. Yeah, we did. You yeah. know, we we got the goal and then it was just like it was it was as though we'd got the lead and then we're trying to just drop off and we had no intensity. We had no sort of. Um, drive to, to try and go and get the winner until it got a bit late and then and then we started seeing you know we made a couple of changes Shakiri come on and Thiago come on 
Manny come on and it looked like you know there's, there's a bit more impetus for, from us to try and go and get the goal and you know thankfully we, we managed to do what we've done a lot last season and, and, and get a late one yeah when I saw that goal go in it went straight to Southgate didn't it on, on, on the camera and I thought I bet you he's thinking what's he doing on the left <laughs> like out of position <laughs> um, but no like just that that reminded me in some ways do you remember when um PSG put Barcelona out the Champions League in the semi-final and Neymar has a free kick in, in like the last minutes and he just thinks it over to someone. And I remember Gerard saying, that is what separates world-class players. Um, do, do you remember it was a mad comeback? Like they had to score four goals and, and, and they put Barcelona out in the semi-final. Anyway, Gerard was saying like, in any other occasion there, most players are having a free kick or just whipping a cross in. The pressure, the seconds to go. By the way, I think it's Barcelona putting PSG out, weren't it? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, I can't remember. Sorry, I just, I just, yeah, yeah. I went completely listen to what you're saying, but I think PSG have never been in a final, and I remember PSG were like sorry, yeah, that's 4 it. 1 up from the first leg, and Barca beat them, I think, 4 0 at the camp, yeah. Um, and Gerard highlighted that he, he had the wherewithal to do that with seconds left, and it was, I thought that's what rem- reminded me when uh, Trent on that because 91st minute come out to me, and the only thing on his mind was touch, bang, and like you know, most players would be scared to do that, don't give it away, yeah, retain possession or whatever, and. That's what separates the special ones for me. Well, I mean, just looking at it, not as a Liverpool fan, and and just trying. I mean, I'm not even that much of an England fan. Do you know what I mean? It sounds sounds terrible because like we are English, but you know what I mean. It's not. Mm. It doesn't bother me. England, yeah. England's when England play, and I'm not really kind of rooting for them massively in competitions. Apart from when we all go out and watch it, and it's a bit of an occasion and whatever. But yeah. he's a world class player, Trent. I don't think there's any doubt about him being a world class player. But we've seen so many times as a country. That it's not necessarily the team with the best players that win the competitions, is it? No, it's the team with the best unit and the and the best combined, and and, and we've we've always got that wrong, I think, as a country. So I can kind of I think it's all to do with bottle as well, though. Um, competitions like that, and you're like, yeah, you know, Germany, true. you don't bottle it, and can you come up with a moment? But and then we we've always had moment players. We've yeah, always okay. you know the Skulls, the Gerrards, the Beckhams, the Owens. But they've always bottled it for England. Yeah, mm. but they, they've always come up in moments for yeah. their clubs, and they've yeah. always been world class at their own clubs. And yeah. and, and that's where it takes a braver manager, I think, to not pick him. And I'm not saying if that's the right thing. Don't be wrong. If he was my player, I'd be thinking you're messing you. And and I can see the the argument massively for why he should play. But do you know what I mean? I think. The thing why Trent isn't in the squad though is because moments the other way. He has them switch off moments, doesn't he? He yeah. has them moments defensively where people get him behind or whatever. And, or and that's where he's going to play for England, isn't he? And he, that's the World Cup for you. If you, someone switches off or has a moment the other, the other end of the field, you've well, lost, the, haven't you? That's how, that's what, what it says to me about Southgate is he's got his like basic system and instead of thinking, right, we've got this unbelievable you know, talent in Trent, how can I set up this team to get the most out of him? Ah, He's just going, the point nah, Trent, Trent doesn't fit into well, my yeah, style just, of just play. On this while, though, isn't it? while we're on the Trent and England subject, we did get a message from, from a fan. It was Chris said in, in, uh, through the website. He says, I'm not going to claim Trent is, is a good defender. Quite honestly, he isn't. But does, it, does his output in our last two league games sum up why England sh- should need him and a more defensive right-back this summer? England are serial bottlers, and that's one thing Trent isn't. Plus, he's got experience as a winner. When you think about, when you look at it that way, and you say him and a defensive right back, then yeah, you you could kind of say even if he sat on the bench for the for the two of the three group games, but if we needed him for that third group game or we needed to win the game, then you play him. Or even in the other games, if you if you draw right them, mid. you need a winner or something like that. And yeah, you... I know. I d- you bring on your right back if you need a winner though in a World Cup. 
But if it's Trent, you're yeah. Not, you know, you're not, though you've got forwards Trent, on the bench. You've we've got we've Liverpool, the right back on to I, win I a think game. it depends who you're playing against, doesn't it? If you've got a team that are dropping really deep and stuff and, you know, does bringing two forwards on always answer, that, answer the question or unlock a door? It probably doesn't. Bringing maybe a, a deeper player who can who can put quality in from deeper areas or maybe pop one from outside the area. Yeah, I, I get, look, and I'm not saying one way or the other. I agree, I don't. I'm not really that bothered about it, but I can see the logic of Southgate not picking him. But when you put it that way, why would you not have him? I, I, I think but people... I think Southgate's argument, and, and that would be, well, if my defensive right-back gets injured, I want another right-back who can fulfil the role yeah, to of me, my though, right-back. To me, though, that's very short-sighted. It's like... What Is I just so? what I just said there was about like if you've got a world class player, find a way to get him in that team and but find that's a way what to make the team work. Done. That was yeah, my point. I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I do as I well. To be fair. No, well, imagine. No, you're saying that because he's play. a defender. I'm imagine not. if it was Ronaldinho, you'd be saying you've got to get Ronaldinho. I know he's a bit of a free roll, but you've got to get him in that team. Trent's output is higher than Ronaldinho's in terms of goals scored, and people forget them. Well, it is because he's 14 assists in Premier League season. Yeah, but he literally is. But he's playing right back. Yeah, but this this is what I'm saying. But you've got to get your head around it. You built, but you built a system around him, and you've had time and day in day out training to do that. Southgate hasn't got that luxury, and he's also got to rely on all the other players being on the same page as him and potentially covering areas that he's going to neglect. I don't think he feels as though he's got the time to fit a system around a right-back. I think players at other clubs are used to fitting around a number 10 and mm-hmm. going, OK, well, this is how we cover the gap. I don't yeah. think people will be accustomed to, to With the lack of training time, that makes sense to me. And, and that's it. I, I think, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's... And he's a good player, but he's not that good that you'd have to fit your team around him. I'm being serious. Well, tell me an attack on midfield who's, who's provided as many assists as Trent. You can't. I know you can't. Cause but but, it, but, it, but it, that's because you fit your system. That's the point we're making. Yeah, but, you fit your but, system around him. But he's yeah. saying he's not that good, and I'm saying he's not that good he provides. Around. You wouldn't fit your England around Trent. 14 assists in one right, season, well, Premier well, League season. Well, let me say something. you fit I, your team around him, no. I think if Leicester played Madison right back, he might get 14 assists as well. He's not a right back, is he? That's the point. Trent isn't a right back. If you've got a player who's boss across on the ball playing right back, you probably will get 14 assists. Mm. But the fact is, in the argument you're having, he probably isn't a right back. So it's a bit of a false economy, isn't it? If you if you if you play a player, you know, to fit him, fit his yeah. own attributes, but then say actually we don't care about the craft. Point right mid then. That, get him in the squad, isn't it? That's probably what you should do, though. I don't think that's but we're fine. That's not a risk that Southgate is is willing to make it to take, is it? No, well, he sort he sort of does do that for us a bit though, Trent, doesn't he? We we don't play with four across the middle, so we've got a left winger, right winger. We play the three forwards with le- left wing forward type thing with Mane, right wing forward with Salah, Tucked and he's in. a wing back. Exactly. So he, he is sort of playing the right wing role, but having to defend and that's as well. It. And, and, and Southgate's thinking, would he be as effective in my team where he's not going to be able to play that false? Right back role, and and that's the yeah. The I know he's got, isn't it? I, I know he doesn't fit into that, and I'm not saying he does, but I'm just saying like have a different way of playing to to utilize. Yeah, I think that I think the big thing got. for England is they've got as as Judy said before. Plan B. They, yeah, they've got to have more than one plan to to go into a World Cup. You're you're going to go and play against these all these different teams with different styles of playing all that. You've got to be able to counteract them as well. There's there's, there's only so far you can get by. We're sticking to what we play, and that's it. You're going to come up against teams and squads who are playing better than you, in better form than you, who, who are better than you. You're going to have to try and find different ways of playing against them to what you'll play against, say, a, a, a bloody, I don't know, Luxembourg or something. You know, you know, mm. one of the lower nations type thing. So I think having them different options and Trent is saying for me, he'd, he'd go into the team anyway. But as Pricey said, we we watch him every week. We understand why we take him because we know how good he is going forward. And that, but I can't understand the. the 
why that a bit why England would be a little bit mm. you know. I can see why he wouldn't start in that formation maybe well, well back to the Villa game anyway yeah. does it and I watched the game with some years because we were, we were kind of watching the or waiting to watch the national together and I think the comment from a few years while you were watching the game was if this was last season we'd be confident of, of, of getting back in the game and getting a winner does that late goal albeit you know slightly on you know, untypical of the you know the way it was scored. Lately, does that yeah. give you does that give you faith that you know we the team is kind of trying to adjust to maybe not being informed but just finding a way to win? Definitely, yeah, and it's it's something we've got to learn to do now because it's 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 a completely different Liverpool to what we've been used to for the last two years. Like you started saying there, we you know we we come accustomed to getting late goals. If we were if we were level or losing at, towards the end of a game, you, you'd be quite cool and 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 like. Mm. Yeah, we'll probably get a goal here. We're definitely going to get at least a chance. So the yeah. nine times out of ten with the players that the form that they were in, we were going to score. It's nice to know it's still in there, though, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I thought it'd gone like, well, nice to know it's still there. We yeah, still, and still if anything, if anything for me, what 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 it could potentially start off is is like as Judge sort of mentioned before, Trenkles ends up starting to move forward. Mm. You know, if if he keeps having these these performances where he is struggling defensively, but then he's giving us the output offensively. Then you know we, we could start looking in the market for yeah. you know Teddy's been calling it for for years about having cover for Trent to, to really push him in that right back area. We got someone good enough to go into the team. Doesn't for me there's nothing stopping at least trialing him in in like early rounds of the the league cup and things like that as a midfielder or something like that. Because yeah. as as you've been strongly pointing out here, his output offensively is just it's I, brilliant. I've got thoughts on that, but we can't get into it now. We've got to move on. But just to finalise, like I thought. That's it now. Then we, you know, we we're going into fourth place. Pressure on Chelsea. Pressure on West Ham. But it didn't quite turn out like that, did it? No, I think I think that was one of the big points for the game. The fact that we played before the rest of the teams around us, it yeah. gave us the chance to go forth, and it looked like we'd messed it up. But the fact that we got over the line and got got the you know got the goal, it's it's worked out well. And especially now with the fact that we know Chelsea won, the fact that we know West Ham won. It, it was crucial, yeah, because otherwise we'd have been a bit a bit further behind. And he'd have been out of it, wouldn't we? Let's be honest, probably. Potentially, not not yeah. not definitely, but potentially. But they've all got to still play each other. Yeah. Well, well, because of the because of your game tomorrow, I am going to ask you now about the the Real Madrid game because for listeners who are obviously looking to try and get that preview or listen to it, they're probably not going to get to the the, the later on bit of yeah. the show. So I'm going to ask you about the Real Madrid game now. Obviously, going into the second leg, three one down, bit weird because it 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 you know it's it's um. As I say, the comments from from Klopp, I think it was mentioned last week. The comment from Klopp was about it's going to be different at Anfield. Um, you've obviously got a win under your belt, which I think was important going into that that second leg, wasn't it? To to kind of shake off a bit of that, yeah, that Anfield Anfield form. What are your feelings going into that leg, and and does Saturday's result change it? See, for me, I've I like I've been speaking to a lot, you know people in work, all different Liverpool fans and things, family and mates and that. And I've been saying, what do you reckon Wednesday? Do you reckon we'll get through? And it's been, oh, I, I think we could. And I said, one of the fans were there. And, and immediately everyone's response is, yeah, I think we'd win. And it's just, it's mad how much how much more confident people are if the fans are there for us in, in these type of games. I, I don't want us to, I don't want the, the team to have to rely on the fans, the fans to be there to be able to get over the line it's in these like, games. I think the thing is, like, 1-0 up with no fans, Real Madrid just go, don't panic. 1-0 up an early goal from the Bruins fans there. I think Real Madrid would panic. seen it with Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's the difference with the fans. Yeah. But, well, the thing is, though, like, we've, we know we've got to score two, maybe three. You know, likely three, isn't it? So do you go out with, like, a, a Jota, Firmino, Mane and Salah? The four of them. Because like, you know you've got to get goals. Or do you have to think, hang on a minute, if they score one, 
there's no it's almost over isn't it so you're trying to weigh them up and it's such yeah, a difficult it's, it's, thing yeah it is it's, it's hard you, you try and keep it tight and hope you get a goal in the first half and then you've just got to find one more but in doing that trying to win the game 2-0 you've got to not concede yeah. and if you if you go out to play like keep it tight and, and sort of rely on being able to get a goal in each half without conceding as soon as you concede and you're keeping it tight it, the, the game's just gone on it I look at the way they played in the first first leg and, and they, they had their like solid I mean you look at your two respective systems and they're very similar aren't they yeah. you know, they play a four, a three, three rigid midfielders that you can play box to box and three out and out forwards really and I don't think they necessarily set up in the first like to go we need to go and get a lead here they, they felt their way into the game but they pressed you from the first whistle didn't they and I think that's you've the, almost the, got to turn the exact same thing on them haven't you but put them they had the a title team. almost like a title deciding game against Barcelona on Saturday they'd come out victorious but, um, and it, battered them as well by the way yeah well until the, late, until the later stage they did they should have been about 4 or 5 yeah but up. Barcelona had 69% possession in that as game. they always do I know yeah but what I'm saying the point is when the other team has that type of possession, sometimes you can just sit in, but often that means you're the team working harder. And I'm just hoping that it's too hard out of their legs and stuff like that, because it was quite a quite a closely forced game. It didn't, the winner come late, so you hope and at their at their age and stuff like that, you're hoping that the winners think it was two. They were two 0 up, two 0 up for most of the game. Barca got got one back with like 15 minutes to go, okay. and then Casemiro got sent off. I think towards the yeah, end, yeah, 91st minutes. Um, with when they were just kind of just trying to make. Just yeah. get over the line in, in typical Real Madrid fashion. I mean, I, I I'd agree with you. They have got a you know that aging midfield that you spoke about in the first like could come into play when they played three games in a week. Um, I just don't think I think they're going to be quite clever with that in the first half. They'll just try and conserve their energy, stay behind the ball, not leave any gaps, don't go chasing all over the pitch. If they've done their own work and you and you'd expect. The, them two have done for this, especially this stage of the Champions League. They'll know if they sit in, it'll cause us problems. Because yeah. that, that's what why we've struggled at Anfield of late this, this year. Um, we've just got to hope that we can. An early goal for us again is crucial. Do you know what? I think I got my analysis completely wrong of the first leg, and it was because I just didn't. I know about him, but he didn't come into me. Vinicius Junior, because I was talking about them being slow. And you know, cutting off the supply to Benzema, and we can play quite a high line because they can't get in behind. I forgot about him. I still, I still thought you were right though. I still thought you were right though. If you, you, we cut the supply off from Modric and Cruz, but the, yeah. that doesn't happen. The goals don't happen. No, but the high line. People were saying that was an insane high line to play against Real Madrid after it, and I was like, yeah, but we need goals, so uh, you, you can't have score goals if you've got a deep line. But anyway. I think, it's gonna, I think it's going to be similar again for us though. Coming up against Madrid in, in this game now, knowing we've got to win. We're obviously going to try and push. I'd, I'd assume we, we've got to try and at some point of the game, even if we start off the game keeping it tight and, and we, we try and go late, we've still at some point got to push up. And by doing that, you're going to have a higher line and you've got to cut that supply off. Yeah. So it, when if it gets to that stage, if we start off slower and try and get it late on, do you then go with the four late on or do you start I off with the I four? Would. I think I'd go late because if you start off at the four, you're dropping Wijnaldum or Thiago because Thiago missed the first leg and that was a mistake, wasn't it? So do you learn that message? Do you learn I, that lesson? I, to be honest, I've had a little... I was talking with lads and working there and, and my half-fella as well. My, my dad was saying the way Marnie's form of late has been poor, hasn't it? Yeah. No one can doubt that. He, he hasn't had any sort of influence on games. Jota and Salah are the two sort of informed players. So even though Salah doesn't have that much of an impact on games, he scores. He, he always pops they, up with a goal. One thing that changes this, Gary, um, they're, th- they're down to their third-choice right-back. Right so that, does that change things? Like, you can get Marnie up against him. 
I'd be shocked if Mane didn't start against Real Madrid. Mane will the main, definitely start. Main reason why he didn't start him at the weekend was to go, okay, well, yeah. you know, pulling him out was it to say wake up a little bit, yeah, but but also to probably just starve him, you know, yeah. so he's just rearing to go for the Real Madrid game, yeah. But sorry, go on. Yeah, he, me, me, my dad was just saying for the Villa game, he was saying it more. I know Mane didn't start, but we still sort of went with the same system, mm. and he was saying like Salah and Jota starting together up front, yeah. just to sort of change a bit of the dynamic of our team, yeah. And then getting the other players who were sort of more informed, your Thiago's in and, and Fabinho, yeah. obviously the the ever present in the middle. But if you if you if you play, play the four of them from the start, you could drop Firmino back in, who we know is good in the press in, in the high press. He could he could occupy a Cruz or a Modric. I, I'd be half tempted to drop Fabinho back into the centre back. And I know that I, I agreed with you when you first had this discussion with everyone about whether you're dropping back or not. But I think what we learned from that 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 first leg was the how much the, the them two centre backs haven't got for this level? Yeah, well, Fabinho's st- uh, gone into the centre into the centre back position in the last two games late on, hasn't he? The yeah, and, come off. and I think if you were to put him in there with either of them, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't matter which one, either of them. Mm. You could then play Wijnaldum and Thiago in the middle and try and control that mid- middle of the park. But there's just so much. There's so much that could happen by doing that. That would cost us, but it could work wonders as well. It's a lot just... of our big nights in Europe, we flew out the traps, got that early goal, and it's on. You do that, it makes sense in front of a crowd. Doesn't make sense, yeah. And if you do, and you don't score, what does that do to the psychology of the players? And it could leave you wide open. Ah, uh, yeah. So, but that's always the chance. But like the that... thing is, I, I, I would, I will never write us off in these games, even with no fans there. I'll never write us off because you know we know it's in the players. We we know they can do it. So, uh, I'm not. I certainly wouldn't write us off, and hopefully we can have another big night, even though we're not there. Last thing on it, Naby Keita got dragged off a few minutes before half time, but he must, Klopp must have seen something in Madrid. I think because it's a random one where he thought. Whatever Cater didn't execute what Cop wanted him to yeah. do, clearly. But what did he see where he thought Cater's the man for the job here? And will that could that look like I know it's a bit of a mad thing to say, but could that look like Curtis Jones? Like is there something that he wanted to exploit that it just wasn't executed by Cater that we're not like that we didn't see? I just can't see him throwing a curveball out again in the second leg yeah. because it because it failed so much in the first leg. I just think he's going to go with what we know. Mm. Whether it be you know we, we have seen the four of them the forwards play and we have seen we've seen these different uh, formations these different tactics, but I just don't think you'll see a, a Keita or a Jones or a Shakiri anything like that starting. Klopp likes stability. We saw for so many games Henderson, um, Milner, and 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 He does like stability in these big games. So yeah, I think you're right. Okay, well I'm gonna. Pushes for a prediction then. I'm gonna go three one extra time and we'll win on penalties. <laughs> I say just two nil. That's the only one that takes you to the extra two nil. Two nil get you through. Yeah, and away goals. Away goals. Yeah. Okay, I'd say good luck, but I wouldn't mean it. <laughs> um, okay, well, unfortunately, place we're gonna have to move on to the the game from last night, which is a uh, still unfortunately fresh in my well, I say fresh in my memory that the. the the memory of watching it is fresh, not necessarily many of the details because there wasn't many of them to, to cling to. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll start by saying, obviously, we were missing, I think it's six six midfielders. Um, so going through the list, Gomez, Decore, um, Kabamon, if we call him a midfield anyway, Alan, um, Bernard, who's been missing for a while now, and, and obviously Delve as well, who, who again, we can kind of discount. But I think the big... The big miss is really being Gomez and Allen, who we were we were certainly expecting Allen to be fit. Yeah. Um, Calvert Lewin obviously was an absentee as well, but 
I think it'd be fair to say we missed the midfielders more more so than a forwards because we just didn't have any kind of any 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 kind of possession in the game to to to, to note, is we? No, no meaningful possession. I think putting putting Holgate in there before the game, when you realised Alan was injured, you were thinking, what what will he do? What will he put Holgate in there? And you can see why why he done it, but. Does that mean he doesn't trust Davis and to to do to do uh, Davis, trust Davis to yeah. do what? What Alan does, does team? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Davis potentially could plays for that. England in that position. Yeah. yeah. So he obviously for me, I just it just said to me that he, he didn't trust Davis to do that job. Well, I don't so trust he, Davis to do that job. So no, no, but, <laughs> but he's a midfielder, isn't he? And yeah. it's it's just, it's just part of his job to do that. So that's what it it screamed out to me first of all. And even though there was that many defenders, and I, I can't say I thought it was going to be a defensive, but well. So yeah, he didn't think it was a performance. I could see what he was what he was hoping to do. You know, get Dinier and, and Coleman in the game, um, play Sigurdsson and, and Hammers a little bit more advanced, and then have Holgate and, and Davis maybe sitting, but just didn't quite pan out that way. I mean, it was it, it, speaking about some of the players you referred to there. I mean, it was a disappointing performance from Dean to a certain extent, wasn't it? Because, like you say, he, he was he was one of the players that you was a thought as part of the game plan would have been key to get on the ball and look to try and be positive with the ball. You find a lot, I think, with Dean. If he hasn't got certain players around him, he's pretty ineffective, isn't he? He's been. He's been. I don't think he's had a particularly good season, uh, Dinier. To be honest with you, um, for for that reason, I, start of the season he was he was getting up and he was he was providing the crosses and he was he was getting a couple of assists and whatever for Calvert-Lewin. But I, I, he's just gone a bit flat, which I, I know a lot of the players have in the team. But for for me, he's just gone quite flat. I haven't seen much from him. I think Coleman on the other side. He was, I'd say, he was the yeah. only player on the pitch for Everton who I thought was was trying to have a goal. There was endeavour. Like there was endeavour yeah, from him, wasn't yeah, there? A bit of determination from him, and you can sort of understand the injuries and the, the team's a bit disjointed, and you know, obviously, I've been able to work on certain things. But once again, we go into a, a game against Brighton, hoping not to concede, mm. and and setting up as if we're a bit worried about them rather than making them worried of us. And it's just get it's getting a bit boring now for me. I, I'm I'm a bit fed up with it because. Said last week, even though we might have had injuries, we've still got players on the pitch who should be causing Brighton problems. Yeah, I thought Richarlison was terrible. I think mm. he wants to play up front, and he does play well up front when there's when he's with the two with Calvert Lewin. But I don't think he can he can lead the line, and I think that that's an example of it last night. Um, we just look, we just looked toothless. We just looked like we didn't have literally anything going forward, and and we should have because we had we had enough players on the pitch. To, yeah, to I, I think I'd I'd be more. I mean, I agree with what you're saying about Richarlison. I don't think he held the ball up well enough, but at the same time, I think, and I haven't seen this by the way, but if if you maybe look back at, at the balls that did go into him, I don't think there was more than maybe three or four that were actually into his feet or in front of him. Mm. I think there was one frustrating moment where. He was caught offside. Where you're thinking, "Come on, you haven't been in the game for 20 minutes," and yeah. the one time you've actually had a chance to get in it, you've been caught a couple of yards offside, and he kicks the ball away. But I don't think there were that many moments for him. But I, I get what you're saying. I think if you're a forwards up there and you know the system you're playing in, you've got to adapt your game to make sure that you're easier to find. And I don't think he was, was he at times? No, yeah, well, that's exactly. It. You've got to, you've got to force it, haven't you? Mm. Sometimes you've got to force someone to to pass the or you've got to come in and drop, maybe drop a bit deeper and making sure that you're involved. You just he was like non-existent for me last night. I think. Well, that's the thing, and I look around at the other players. I mean, Davies, Davies again. I mean, the amount of games that I've seen from him this season, where I found myself saying after it, that's why he's not good enough. And again, it was another one. Then for me, he, he ran around a lot, like you say. I think there were a few players out there who did cover grounds and stuff, but 
you know, one, like you mentioned before, Ancelotti didn't entrust them to play in that deep holding role. Two, the amount of times he got the ball, and I think there was, there was a moment, I think it was the first time he got the ball in the first half, and he just kicked it out of play. And it's like, at times, in certain games, he takes a bit of responsibility, and he holds on to it, and he'll draw a foul or whatever. But I, I just don't, I just don't see enough consistency from him. I don't see enough quality in his play. I, I don't see that he's ever got an idea how to change the game. He doesn't. He hasn't got the capability to dictate the game either. And I know we are still talking still about a relatively young player, but it's a player now who's played over a hundred Premier League games. And if you, if the penny still hasn't dropped and he's still not able to to do all of those things or to do many of those things on a consistent basis. I just don't see what, what early future lies at this level. No, I'm frustrated I'm frustrated with him and he's one of them plays, he plays the way he's facing. He, you know, he can break her up sometimes. But if you're playing Holgate as, as the, the deep line midfielder and he's playing a bit more advanced, you've he's got to do more. He's got to get hold of the ball. He's gotta he's gotta make things happen and he doesn't. He plays it too simple too often. As you said there, there's no ideas from him. You never get the impression that he's looking for that pass or you know, he's 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 running off his man to try and do something. It's always just get it simple. Make sure he doesn't decide he doesn't want to make a mistake. Like just pass it to the nearest player, and it it is frustrating. And 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 you look at the other two players, and and in fact, I'll I'll finish on 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 Davies first. What frustrates me more than anything else about him is I always say like you know, it, with 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 the odd exception, I think the measure for you as a box to box player is the contribution you end up having in both boxes. So you need the player who stops goals at one end, i.e. makes key interceptions and, and denies the opposition space in key areas, or you contribute well high up the pitch. Now, the stuff you do in between is important, but what makes you top level is what you do, you know, in yeah, both. Your the, in yeah, your contribution. Areas, yeah. And you think, what what does he do in either of them? Now, he made one block, I think, with his backside um, last night, but anything anywhere near the opposing area, he is absolutely diabolical. Yeah. And I can't even think of a... And you know, I can't think of enough words to be isn't it? Like he scored one goal against Man City. There might be another one out there that I'm forgetting here, but I can't even think of another telling contribution he's made in in, in or around the can opposition. Can he carry the ball well? No. What? Can he carry the ball well? He doesn't try to carry the ball. He just he just he did in that goal, a, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, in that goal he did. It's yeah. like he's lo- for me. It's like he lost loads of confidence, and he's and he's just always a bit a bit nervous or a bit scared to 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 lose it or to do anything else take in the ordinary risk. or to take a risk. So no, he's 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 like a, a two touch, three touch player, isn't he? he? Gets it, plays to the nearest man. If it's a forward pass, it's never usually a, a defence splitting pass or anything. It's just into someone's feet. Like you said, he's never. He doesn't even strike a, a good ball, does he? No. Like you there know, was one last night where it was on the edge of the box, and, and I don't know what. I, it, it was <laughs> pathetic, wasn't yeah, it? Was, yeah. Like I mean, I, I, I mean, <laughs> and I've I've always kind of stuck up for Davis, but like you've said there, he's he's played enough seasons, he's had enough games now. He needs to be, especially in a game like last night. He needs to be something. He, he needs to stand up and, and be counted mm. last night. You know, he's you've got Holgate next to him, and I know I know Sickerton's there, but he's he's the experienced midfielder out of those two. And it looked like Holgate was the experienced midfielder. I don't think he had a particularly brilliant game, but he was he was more composed than, than Davis. Yeah. I'll do my man play. Well, Your man. He <laughs> was okay. He was, was a bit like Davies, to be honest. <laughs> didn't really do much. Um, but coming on to the other two, the other two players who again, we would have expected more from um, Sigurdsson was non-existent. I think you talk about like players who, who didn't really step up last night. He definitely falls into that bracket. Yeah. I think you look at if you're a Sigurdsson and you're looking at Holgate playing in that deep role, you should be thinking, well, look, I, I should be getting in there and I should be giving him an angle every time he gets the ball because I know he's a centre back. And his, his, his reverter type ball is just going to be a 60-yard long ball, and that's, that's no good to anyone. So I should be looking to get on the ball. I, I don't think we've seen that 
at all whatsoever from him, and it's not the first time we've seen that. Um, Hammers, I mean, I don't know if you got into Adam Sigurdsson, but I don't think there was not there was anything. I, I don't there. think no same. I think out of those three in midfield, you would have expected a lot more from from Sigurdsson. Uh, I think I think when Hammers plays, I know you're going to want Hammers now. When he, I think when Hammers plays, he he hides behind Hammers. The fact that Hammers is the one who to come and get it, he, yeah. he's happy just to give him it and just and to, yeah, yeah. And to, and to it's like he, over the responsibility. He sees Hammers making a run and go, I'll make a similar run and then kind of check because yeah. I know I, I should do. Yeah. Wasn't he sort of playing in front of um, the left back though? What? Who? Sigurdsson? Yeah, yeah. No, it was like three. Adinia's very attacking, isn't he? It was, so you, it, was a flu- it was a fluid, yeah. it was a fluid like midfield where at the start he was more left-sided, wasn't he? And then he came into a more advanced. Yeah. It was, basically, it was it was Holgate sitting and then Davidson, you had, Sigurdsson you had Davidson Sigurdsson either side of him playing like in them channels yeah. either side of um, Holgate yeah that's how we deploy our midfield but like because Trent and, and Robertson are attacking like Dini that midfield is sort of part of his job is to make sure there's no gaps in behind there so. and that would be fine if, if, if you and then again you got on to Dini because he's on the left with him didn't he when playing like he weren't pushing on yeah, or he, he weren't trying much, to get yeah, yeah, he yeah. weren't him much, was he? So so then it does fall to Sigurdsson yeah. to go, he's experienced enough, he's what's supposed to be one of our star men. Yeah. It's up to him to get hold of it and think, I'm going to make something happen here. But yeah. as I say, because Hammers is sort of trying to do it, he's happy just to let Hammers try and do it and go, mm. right, he can try and do that and I'll just I'll just do nothing. Coast. And then yeah. the whole thing ends up falling apart because Hammers was dropping so deep to go, well, no one else is going to give Holgate yeah. a pass. I'm going to have to come and get it here because you aren't doing anything. And then because of that, there was no one near no Richarlison then. So no. it was just, I mean, you look at it now and it seems so simple why it ended up being such a defensive display and such a negative display. But ultimately, I suppose, you know, if them players, albeit they may not always be starting together, it's very rare maybe that they are all starting together, they should be, doing enough things in training to be able to allow them to adapt to that type of situation. And I guess that's where the, the question marks recently have come is, is that like we seem to be, as a, as a revert to type, it seems to be we set up to contain and then we'll try and get a goal towards the end. I mean, you've seen a little bit more ambition in the last 10 minutes. It was though like a bit of a switch was flicked to go, yeah. well, we know now we've, we've held it nil-nil till the 80th minute. We can now let ourselves go a little bit. And it was like, We've only half put an effort into attacking and we look like we might have scored. Do you know what I mean? I got the impression it was like a bit of panic. Like, hang on, there's 10 minutes to go here and we know we My need God, to win this. Done it, yeah. that, that's what it felt like to me. And it is reverting. It, it's I said it before, but it's we don't want to concede. That's and that's fine. Default. But it's Brighton. Yeah. And we Brighton are fighting for relegation, like fourth and bottom, fifth and bottom, wherever they are. We should be going there and stamping our authority on the game and letting them worry about us. We, we we go into the game looking like we're worried about them. Yeah, I can I can kind of I, I could understand if maybe for the first fifteen minutes or even the last fifteen minutes there might be a bit of a difference. There might be a bit more intensity from them because they need the points and they're fighting for the lives. But for such large periods of the game for them to have more impetus than us mm. was concerning, wasn't it? They yeah. look more dangerous going forward yeah. than we did. Yeah and, and I think I could have I could have guessed that from, from seeing the team sheet. And Shorty had a Wobie on the bench, bench and obviously didn't deploy him. He had, he did. Well, he didn't not from the start. No, no. But he had six defenders playing in that game and he's coming for a lot of criticism from our listeners. So do you, before we get into the questions, what, what what sort of your opinion on team selection and, and Shorty? I, I don't think you can give him too much criticism for selecting the defenders because if you look at the bench, apart from a Wobie, there's no one else who's even made the first team appearance apart from Broadbent who played a, a few a few years ago, a broadhead, sorry. Um, so I don't think you can be too critical of the team selection. Like Pricey says, I think you could 
kind of understand why Holgate was in there. He was to try and replace the combative midfield that we didn't have. Could he have played Davies deeper and played Wobie from the start? Probably, yeah. And, and I suppose you could argue with that. And, and would that have changed the, the, the you know, the, the mentality of the players to maybe go and attack? Possibly. But like Christy said, they clearly didn't trust Davies in that role. And I don't think I do either. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily criticise his selection. But but I have to I have to criticise his approach to the game or what, what he's instructed his players to go and do or the way they approach the game yeah. and, and, and like how high up the pitch they're going look how deep we were in possession like our defenders weren't stepping up the pitch we were, we were staying really deep so that we always had that like protection if we lost the ball yeah worried about them instead of going for ourselves and you say six defenders and you know it was six defenders but Hall, but that, that if Coleman and Dinier are playing as, as wing backs you'd expect yeah. them to get forward more so you can accept that the six defenders on the pitch with the fact that them two are going to push on yeah. and they're going to cause problems but like Judge, you just said, we were, we were so deep that wasn't happening. So that is the approach and that, that's the mentality to it. Mm. Whether he's told them to and, and they haven't done it, which I don't know, but it just seems like we were so just handbrake on. Hughes and, and the other boys you, you speak to weren't looking you know, at the team selection going, why is no Obi on there? No, because no, I said before, no. I think when, when we found out Alan was injured, someone mentioned putting Holgate in midfield. I don't think anyone said no. No, no, not at all. I think I think Carragher had speculated before the game that it might be Godfrey in there and potentially he played, but still, it still would have been a defender in midfield. There's no, yeah. We didn't really have much option, and I don't think, like Pricey said, and, and a very few Blues would have disagreed with the lineup because of the fact we had six midfielders out. Yeah, we've only got one first team on the bench as well. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I I I had a look at your team before, and those I'd seen the six defenders. Thought, why is it like the look at the bench? It was like I think I knew one of them. I think I only knew will be maybe <laughs> yeah, the goalie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think you can criticise that. It was you know two Allen and Calvert Lewin last minute as well, wasn't it? Last minute fitness test. So not like he knew all week that they yeah. were injured off for a couple of days. Literally down the day. I know there's gonna be. I know there's, we've got some questions to field about Ancelotti. Before we do though, I've got a quick little exercise for Price because it, we weren't really looking forward to talking about this game much but I knew there's a lot of questions fields about Ancelotti's position you know what's he done the progress we've made etc so what I've done is I've put the list of Everton players that we've currently got active in the squad at the moment that are playing that are involved and as a bit of a bit of an exercise and a bit of a kind of context for it for, for the Everton fans and it, it's one way or the other really there's no exam no, question yeah it's not it's a bit of an exam question but it's it's an exam question of Ancelotti so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list the players and you need to tell me first of all if you think this player's improved under Ancelotti if he hasn't isn't he's gone backwards or he's just kind of as he was Price has got a sweat on here <laughs> um, and then the second question is whether we should keep him or sell him okay so it's right. for example Jordan Pickford and you'll say improved sell or whatever do you know what I mean yeah okay so Pickford so I think he's improved under Ancelotti he's less uh that's mad. Okay, you don't have to. You don't have oh, to go into know, detail. Book okay. one. That's, that's trying fine. to get an extra point there. It's all right. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Go on. I keep, I, so I keep Pickford, and I think he's improved. Okay, yeah. so you can play along at home. Obviously, you can just say what you think, Coleman. Uh, I think he's stayed the same, but I keep him. Dean. Uh, I think he's he's got no better, but I keep him. Okay. I don't know if he's got worse, or he's certainly stayed the same. Yeah, bit bit of a difficult one this one, but I suppose it's in uh, Kunku because he's in that defensive. So yeah, keep him and. He's done well. He's one of them young players, isn't he? Okay. Uh, Keane. Michael Keane. Keane's, Keane's improved and I'd keep Keane as well. Okay. Yeri Mina. Same. Ben Godfrey. Oh, yeah. Good quality yeah. player. Keep him. Uh, Olsen, obviously yeah, goalkeeper. Good, but yeah, good backup. Wouldn't want him as a first choice keeper, but he's good backup. Mason Holgate. Mason Holgate has improved and I would keep him. Okay. 
Um, and I think that's that's it for the defenders. So moving on to the midfielders, we've got Gomez. Got worse and I'd sell him. Okay. Uh, Tom Davies. I don't think he's got any worse, but he's not good enough. And I'd, I'd, well, we're talking about selling people. It, or, I'd, well, that's what I mean. Think yeah, about think yeah. could we as well, and I, is I, it well, worth I keep it? Da- I keep Davis. I wouldn't sell okay. him. Okay. Um, Kelvy Sigurdsson. Yeah, I actually think he's improved under Ancelotti. Okay. But, but he wouldn't be my first choice, but I wouldn't sell him. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bernard. I get he hasn't done any better or worse. But yeah. I get rid of him. I'm not a fan. A Wobie. Um, Wobie's. Wobie. <laughs> I feel like he's underrated. If you can, if you can, I think he's, he's not. He's not the worst, but I think I'd get rid of him if we could bring in someone. So samey and get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. To Corey, and now you can obviously say him with these players. It's, has he been a hit? Do you know what I mean? Corey, it's a new yeah, signing, yeah. and obviously keep him. Yeah. Um, Richarlison. Uh, I don't. I think he might have got worse under Ancelotti, to be honest with you. But I'd, okay. I'd keep him. Okay, Calvert Lewin. Yeah, keep him. He's got. He's got better. Um, Alan, sorry, I've missed Alan. I was the midfield, is there? Alan. Uh, yeah, he's been a hit. Yeah, Hammers. Hammers has been a hit, I think. Okay. Gabamon, uh, we can't really say anything about, and obviously we, I think we'd both try and release him if we could, but it's one of them, isn't it? You couldn't really sell him. No. Um, and Delph, I think, is an obvious one. Go. <laughs> Moise Keane and I know you weren't a fan Moise of him Keane, I wasn't a fan and he's gone to PSG and done well uh, but he's done well in Champions League games as well which is the interesting thing because if he was in the French League against your French clubs you'd probably think well because the league's not that good but I'd bring him back I'd give him a go because I don't see anyone else out there we could bring him and I suppose it's him. if the money's right isn't yeah. it we can get someone else Okay, I'd bring him back and give him a go and let him fight it out with, with Carver Lewin interesting so every single one you agrees with me there and I, I think really? that yeah, every single one you agree with me. Apart from, I think I said. Um, don't tell me you said keep Davis. I said I keep Davis Why? because because I just don't think we'd be able to sell him. I think if we get rid of him on loan, I would. But I don't think there's any value, and also because of his age, it's he's like taking up his wage, and, and you don't think he's good yeah, enough. And never very will very be. small wage play, compared to your Sigurdsons. He's players, and stuff. Like, he's players like him. He's a, he'd be an half decent squad player. You wouldn't want to rely on him every week, but he'd do his job. You say every week, not but, good enough. But I think, but he's I think, not good enough for us to push on. And any of the points I was making there, I, I, I say it was, it was like the points I was expecting to be made from it is that every one of the defenders has improved. Yeah, yeah. The midfielders he brought in have been a hit. Yeah. The forwards he brought in have been a hit. The ones that we're not sure about are the ones that were here before him, yeah. and I don't think they're ever going to be good enough. No. And that that was kind of what I was putting into context the situation we're in. Or it says he can't improve attacking players. Um, putting into context the situation we're in and the frustrations we've got at the moment it's kind of like what you'd expect do you know what I mean mm-hmm. now your argument is he's not good enough to well, Calvert-Lewin's improved Richarlison I, I, I agree I think I said he's stood still I don't think he's got worse but I don't think he's Sigurdsson. particularly got better but he's Sigurdsson's been the same he's been patchy do you know what I mean? He was he was worse under Silver and Alize potentially yeah, than he is now. I think he's got better. I'm not saying he's a you know first choice but in, he, in the future. I think, but he's definitely got better. Gomez. I think, yeah. Gomez. Gomez has got worse, but he's got worse progressively since we got him. Do you know what I mean? He's he, he's good on loan. He's got yeah, he had that big injury, didn't he? And mm. and you know he has a, a few decent games. But anyway, the the point I was I was making it was just to kind of get away from talking about that game. To be honest, <laughs> was that I think if he had more of an opportunity, an opportunity to bring a few more players in and get rid of some of the players that we've been as fans frustrated about for the last three years, and you look at the improvements he's made. I mean, you look at that the, the all the centre backs now. We don't need a centre back anymore. No, no. I, I didn't think I'd be saying that no. now and. 
I think we obviously need a right back, but you'd keep Seamus Coleman, Luca Dean. Yeah, we've got a few frustrations about him. We're still an excellent left back. It's just we we've got to plug some gaps and and we've got to get rid of still a little bit of dead wood. But I don't think that dead wood is as bad as the dead wood that we had before. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. The the, the, the people who are getting the lads who are getting a game now, your Sigurdsons and that, they're good squad players for me. They they if they're on your bench and you're bringing in quality above them, then then you're in a good position. It takes loads of chance. It takes. It takes four or five transfer windows. It's not. It's not. He's only had two, hasn't he? And one of them has been January, so it, it, it's going to take a while. But definitely on the right track. So we'll, sorry, we'll just, yeah, we'll just bring in a couple of the questions. We did, as we said at the start, we did get loads who were who were basically, you know, straight after the game. We, we get it. That's when we tend to get inundated. But a couple of them that were that were stand out. One, one from Joe on the website. He said, "What is Everton's identity slash style of play?" This month, this past month since Chelsea is one of the worst periods of style of play I've, I've ever seen, and I include Allardyce's 2018 side in there. And then just straight after, we went well, from Michael Parr <coughs> said, "It's looking like one year of Europa League qualification in five, and nowhere near a cup victory, despite having the third largest financial contributor to any English football team in history." Let's cut to the quick. This must be this must be a discussion point given the lack of progress to date. Well, that, that that was me. To be honest, that question was my main motivation looking at that squad progress. And you look at the 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 average age of the squad has come down with the exception of, the, the, I think, the likes of Alan and Hamez have brought it up slightly, but they brought it up with some quality as well, along with Takore. I think you look at the additions to that squad and the improvements that have been made at the back, which are the foundations of any successful team, by the way. Don't get me wrong, I think the style of the play recently, style of play has been horrific. However, I think it's... It, it's it, Largely due to a lack of balance in the Has team. Has it been now. worse than Allardyce's? No, mate. It, it, that, he's <laughs> what, mad him. What, he's what off he, his head. What are you saying? No progression since when? Since like the class since the last five Rooney years. Days or so, so he's basically when? saying that no, no progression since Allardyce when we were going to Arsenal and just getting beef four 0 and not even like getting close to them. We've had the best record against the top supposed top six clubs that we've ever had in Premier League history. So you talk about progress. There's been progress made in certain areas and. From an aesthetic point of view, in terms of watching us, it's not looked like progress because it's not as exciting to watch. But I, th- I think you you really you really scraping. I, I don't. You're just a negative person if you're gonna look at it that way. And, and if that was straight after the game, you can understand the frustration after last night. If he's watched that game last night and he's just fuming, but I think the next day when it's just the settled, I think you realise we are on the right track. And I think if you look at it from the bigger picture which the bigger picture is you know the squad of players that we've got there and, and where the areas are that we need to plug and those areas are nowhere near as gaping as they were you know before the, he come in the players is one thing but all top managers have an identity and that was something that was referenced in the question what's Everton's identity at the moment it's hard to have an identity though when you haven't got like so if we have got an identity at the moment it's a false identity it's a false identity because we haven't got like Characteristics to create the identity you want. So, if you're asking me what, what are you? He's coming to attacking team. But he's, what are he's coming possession he's, team. Well, he's doing the best with the with the squad he's got. I've just said it's going to take at least five. I think it's going to take four or five transfer windows to get a squad that he wants that can he can assemble to to do what he wants. The playing his identity. Yeah. So it's it, it's been a rebuilding job for him because like it or not, we bought a load of crap when when we first got Machiri in. So he's had to, he's having to get rid of those and bring in new players. So. The identity at this moment is he's made us hard to beat, hasn't he? That, that's what he's done. Um, that's what he's tried to do. And obviously we've we've, we've gone on and you know, beat, had some good wins as well. So that's what he's tried to do in his first season. Had a look, like, let's make us hard to beat. Let's improve the defence, which he's done, by bringing in a defender, but, but improving the defenders we already had. Mm. And then it'll take a few more transfer windows and we'll soon get our identity. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, Price is right. You can't disagree with the listener, and you and you understand the frustration there as well. And, and we're not we're not on the Everton board here. We're not trying to kind of you know paper up cracks and say, look, this is this is better than what it is. We're not enjoying watching it either. But I think being being pragmatic about it, and and certainly that that person's memory, the previous listener of the Alice I say is clearly not as. As, as clear as mine was and it was it was nowhere near you know nothing like what we're seeing now it might be what we're seeing now in terms of like shots on target and all that over the last few games but the manner of the, some of the defeats in that area and, and even the manner of some of the victories was not even enjoyable if we, okay we just I'll give you one more which is going off the, uh, you know in more into the social media section and then we've got a couple of that are t- uh, sort of joint questions. Um, there's one from Martin Carter. He said, if that's all Unsworth can muster in seven years, he needs marching out of Finch Farm and issue a full apology. Tom, <laughs> Tom Davis, the only success in seven years, success in brackets, in um, quotation inverted commas, absolutely shameful from everyone working at the academy, should be ashamed of themselves. Well, I think that's a bit harsh on everyone working at the academy. Um, I think that we've spoken about this before, and you could dedicate not only one show but several shows of this although I'm not Hunsworth's biggest fan you can't blame the under 23's manager for what's produced the, the under 23's job is a graveyard, shi- graveyard shift you're getting what's given to you and it's like just keep them warm for us because they're not good enough to play for the first team they're not good enough to go out on loan you're just seeing out the contract so I think blaming Hunsworth is a bit harsh there's a, there's a lot to be answered for in terms of the longer term recruitment strategy and what the academy are doing but I think blaming Unsworth to be a bit, a bit low, like nothing else to say. Though, but look, the the the, the produ- what the, the academy has failed to produce has, has got a lot to to be answered for. And you know, well, no, what, what I'll just add to is we have got a couple of players out on loan, but in that age bracket, like eighteen to twenty-two. But no other no other teams have produced players at that age. You see, Chelsea they send theirs out on loan until the twenty-two, twenty-three. So yeah, it has been frustrating maybe that we haven't produced anyone. You know, John Joe Kenny Davis maybe, but. But it's no different than what it, the way the game's going at the minute. Mm. Yeah, you don't see you don't see many academy players sort of becoming the the no. mainstay in teams anymore, no. do you? The, the odd one or two get through. Yeah, and your yeah. lads have had opportunities for for two reasons: one, when you were in competitions you didn't really want to be in, and two, when you've had a, a ridiculous amount of injuries. So yeah, but Everton are a team who are not going for titles, fourth place, or relegation largely. I mean, I don't mean this season. I mean over the years. So that's that's to me says you've got well, an opportunity. I think you mean you've had a lot of mid-table finishes. Yeah, but every competition we're in, we need to take seriously. So the League Cup, you can't really play your kids anymore because I mean the Prem, like it's towards the end of the season when you like there's nothing to play for. No, we had six. We had six on the bench last night. I know it was yeah. injuries and that, but yeah, but they, what, yeah, what but they, do you want us to do? No, what no, you, yeah. What, what do you want us to do? You want blood youngsters when we're, we're arguing about? No, but it, get, I don't think he's talking this season, though, because this season you are still trying. You're, you're, there's still a potential if you're to get fourth and, and get the Europa League. Years gone by, I there's I been times where he's maybe 11, 12. I think you're fine, Phil. The, the seasons you're referencing have been few and far between. Or up, up until maybe the last game or two, there's been something to play for. Mm. Whether it's getting away from the relegation area or it's getting closer to the top six or seven, you look at our record over the last ten years. I think it's only once we've been outside the top ten. So I don't think we, that's we've, had, we've had a few managers in over the last few years as well who just want to come in at the ground running. They haven't been there long enough to be able to blood youngsters really, have they? Yeah, and that, that's a, that's a, that's a big factor. Yeah. Okay, if we go back to one for us, Phil. Um, we got one off <laughs> Bert and Ernie on on, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> he said. Uh, what what will the end of the season look like for us, good or bad? 
Now, obviously, that's just a, what. What are you expecting? Do you think we're going to get four? Do you think we're going to win the Champions League? And I think he's just basically getting. He's wanting some hope there, isn't he? Third place and champion, champions of Europe. No, I mean, will the season look good or bad? I think it depends what your what your expectations are or where. You know, against the start of the season, it's probably going to look back at a really poor season, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. If you if you if you go from a start, you know, after just winning the league and and going into the season thinking, you know, we we're we're going to be serious contenders to retain it, haven't haven't seen how it's turned out. It's it's going to be tough. Even if we get if we, if say say we manage to get third or fourth, and we we go out the court the, the Champions League to Madrid on on some uh, on Wednesday night tomorrow. Then it's still a bad season. It's an awful it? season you know, against expectations. We finished third. I know no Champions League will finish third. It's a bit of a relief, though. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Idea. That's what I'm going well, off the start of good, the season. Yeah. But based on what we've seen, how the season played out, and, and the positions we've been in come like January, come February, if we manage to get third, and yeah, it's more of a relief, and probably it's worked out all right compared to what we what could have happened. You know, a few weeks ago we were talking, are we even going to get Europa League? Because it was looking no. that bad. No, Everton were ahead of us on, in the league with a, with a game in hand. Well, who asked the question? Burton Ernie. Burton Ernie, Sesame I think, you know, they're asking, it's kind of asking, do you think we're going to win the Champions League as well, aren't they? It, I think it's getting like that. And, yeah. and, and so, you can't think Liverpool are going to win the Champions League when teams like Bayern Munich and, and all that knocking about, so, and City and... And the form and we've been in this year, and in. the fact that Kabak and that Phillips are our two centre-backs. Yeah, I mean, you've always got hope, haven't you? But as a serious football person, you can't think Liverpool expect. are going to win it. Yeah, can't expect it. Yeah. But, um, good or bad, based on the start of the season, it's a bad season. But if we get fourth and get to the semi-final, get past this round, I think you'd take that from where we are now. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the final one. This is this is a mixed one. It come from Tommy on the website. If this season ends trophyless and without European football for both teams, so Liverpool and Everton, who is under more pressure next season, Carlo or Klopp? I think Klopp. I'm okay. assuming that's an Everton fan because he's called Ancelotti Carlo and Klopp Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's Klopp because I think Everton at the start of the the journey, if you like, Ancelotti's been a year. So what we're hoping for Europe this year, we're not really expecting it. Whereas Liverpool were, were probably half expecting to, to retain the league, weren't you? Uh, so I think and you're a lot further on in your journey than, than whatever. How do you interpret the question though in terms of what does pressure mean? Because I can sense that Ancelotti's getting less patience from the Evertonians than Klopp gets from the Liverpoolians. Yeah, I think so the, what, the big thing, the big sure thing, for, right, the big thing for this question for me is the context of it. It's the, he's he's basically comparing the pressure for Klopp and Ancelotti in terms of no trophies and what the expectation was. See, for us, the expectation for, at the start of the season after how we finished last season was probably, yeah, was probably the, was the expectation was to at least challenge to retain the title and then probably. Right, put, so with, with that said, this is what this what I'm, yeah, this is what I'm getting to, and then and then basically pushing on. We want wanted to try and have a decent cup run or a couple of decent cup runs and potentially challenge for the Champions League as well because that is progression for us we won the Champions League the year before we won the league last yeah, year yeah I know what the expectations were so but what does really, pressure mean so based on yeah but that's what I mean based on that expectation for us and going into the following season having maybe if we labour to fourth um, he's saying if you don't get oh, in we Europe. don't yeah if, if, we, if we don't even get in Europe and we don't win we haven't c- competed for any trophy really I think for us, the, 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 but between the two managers in, in the, as, as Price said, in the saying, stage of their career. If you're saying that the Klopp. pressure is more on Ancelotti than Klopp, if you don't, don't qualify for Europe and if we don't qualify for Europe, 
then you're saying that we're 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 potentially a better team than you are. But where I'm going with that, that's only basing it on the fact that, as as Pricey pointed out, Ancelotti is at what the very near enough the very beginning of his tenure at Everton and he's looking to grow and build that team we're sort of the majority of the way we know Klopp's leaving in two three years time we're sort of three quarters of the way through his tenure and we're at a point where we're expecting to win things but having said all that Klopp's not under pressure next yeah, year yeah because he, he, he but Ancelotti will be going into next so what we're talking about is what, no, what at the end of the next season isn't no, it? the no. end of next season this what's season. happened What's no. happened at the end of next season? That's not what he said. Though, what are you on about? He said at the end of this season, if Liverpool yeah, don't qualify. The pressure is about going into next season, isn't it? So you're under pressure. Yeah, means yeah. What are you going to deliver next season? Well, what I'm saying is, you know, if, if Ancelotti's already getting loads of stick, and, and and it's about the style of play, and people are not saying, whereas Klopp, everyone's just saying, yeah, we've had a poor season because the injuries so well. Like, no, I, I don't think so. But then you're not going to accept that, that next season, are you? People aren't, people, on next people were not saying you're that in a future. Europe and you don't win the cup this season. The pressure's on next season. You've got to win something. You've got to get, haven't you? Well, we'll only be in the, we've, well, we've got to win the Prem. We've got, got a challenge for the Prem again. You should be peaking now. You should, Liverpool have just won the league. You should be peaking. We're, yeah. we're not ready to peak yet. So that's what I'm saying to you is that you should be up there. You should be do- trying to dominate the league and trying to win the Champions League again. Whereas we're not. We're hoping to get into Europe. We're not expecting it. So if you don't do, win a league or you don't get a cup or in Europe, then. Pressure's massive for Klopp next season, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's comparing the two managers directly. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd tend to lean more towards agreeing with Pricey, but being a Liverpool fan and knowing, like, knowing a lot of Liverpool fans, speaking to a lot of Liverpool fans, and seeing a lot of the the social media of Liverpool fans, nobody's really put like pressurising Klopp at the moment. You now. kind of get slagged off if you do. Yeah, Anyone it's sort of like it's sort of like how can you how can you give them down the banks now when we've gone through what we've been through this year. So he's, he, even though I tend to agree with what you're saying, based on Ancelotti and Klopp directly, I still Klopp will not be under pressure. Next, it, at the let start me next put year. it like this: You've been given a pass, Klopp. This me, season, you've been given yeah, a pass. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. Season, if next no year it happens, yeah, that's what I was just going to get into. If if the start of next season comes and we lose another three on the bounce at the start of the season, and we're already nine points behind City after three games, then yeah, the pressure will be on massively. Then if if you if you're fourteenth in January. Is Klopp going to get sacked, or and was Ancelotti get sacked in under that? I think he, I think he, both of them would get sacked. Yeah. If we were fourteen, if we're 13th, 14th next season, either manager, I think either manager would be in a, yeah, in a very precarious situation. Um, I, I'm not saying that Ancelotti is not going to feel a little bit, you know, more under pressure if we don't qualify for Europe this season. But like Price said, we weren't going into the season expecting Europe. We were saying it'd be great if we could get it because it kind of put us one year ahead. And I think the, I think the bigger, the, the false the false dawn was was that start wasn't it? And that was almost and Ancelotti was playing it down, wasn't he? Saying look, we're not we're not ready to be challenging, but you know it's great to be in this position. And even a few weeks ago when we were knocking on the door again, he was like, well, look, we just need to keep winning games, but but we're not getting carried away. And I think you know his experience, he's got more experience in that position than, than Everton fans have. Um, but yeah, I, I, you look at for, for me. It would be Klopp who's under more pressure, but to answer your question, Phil, I think either both managers will be under pressure if, mm. if, if you know, fifteenth in January. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, got a bit of a choice here. Do we just get through the previews and then go to higher or lower and finish, or do we do a bit of higher or lower to break it up? Well, we've just previewed our Real Madrid game. Yeah, no, you've oh. got a, a league games preview. We'll do higher, higher or lower first, then, Phil. Okay, then. All right. 
So we've been doing like goals, haven't we, and things like that, but we can't keep doing that because we're running out of players. So I've gone something slightly different this week. It'll be slightly different every week, so let us know if you do or don't enjoy whatever topic we choose. But right, okay, so I'm going to start off. Um, this is on Liverpool one, so I'll start off with the Blues. So Mohamed Salah has scored 94 Premier League goals for Liverpool. Most famously left-footed. But how many goals has he scored with his right? So he scored 94 in total, and I'm going to give you 15 with his right foot. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he does score a header goals as well. He's looked scored a lot of penalties. I'd say a lot. When, when I'd I say about scoring goals, it's, it's, it's left foot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a few tappings, wouldn't he? And there's yeah. been the odds where he's swung his right foot. But he, he does come in, come in off the right-hand yeah. side. I want to say lower, I reckon it. Yeah. I don't think it's... Obviously, it's not that much lower, is it? He's given us 15, but I reckon it's about 12 or something. Yeah, I, I feel like 15 is quite high. Do you? I'm, yeah, I'm trying to trying to think of, of, of some of his right-footed goals, but... One of his best was with his right foot. You remember from, like, it was in Newcastle? Dead, dead tight angle, almost on the byline. Remember that one? I do, yeah. Um, so I was trying to lean you towards... I know, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, I'm tending to agree with them. I think it's lower. Probably, probably maybe 13 or 14. Judge, you absolutely nailed it. 12. 12. <laughs> and just for interest, he scored 76 with his left foot and 6 with his head. 13 pins. Gary? Mm, I was going to say 15 pins. <laughs> we'll start with you for this, Everton one. So, Calvert-Loon has scored 38 Premier League goals for Everton. How many were with his head? I'm going to give you 12. Oh, I feel like he gets... A lot of us finishes, and he's always talk about it, instinctive finishes. Um, and I think he scored the majority in the last couple of seasons, hasn't he? For you, I'm one. How many have you given me? Out oh, thirty-eight in total. 12, 12 of his head. Twenty-six. Um, I want to go more than twelve with his head. Okay. Marginally. Blues. I was gonna say less. You know. I was gonna say less. Um, because twelve. He, you know, I can think of goals he scored with his head, but the majority of them are. <sighs> he scored. He, he scored at least ten though with his head. I think it's about. I think it is about ten or eleven. But because he's literally thirteen, he hasn't scored many with his left, and he hasn't scored many penalties. He's maybe scored one penalty or two. One, I think he's only scored one penalty. I was you thinking more twelve out of thirty-eight. You think about think about it that way. So, so say it's 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 pretty much a third, yeah. I'm thinking more in his in his earlier days before he was playing every week. He was getting brought on to try and get goals, and if he's scoring, then yeah. they're getting their balls getting lobbed it's into the box. Point, good points. I think I think he'll have scored a lot in his early careers. Has his, doesn't go take on. penalties. Should we go lower just to try and if you want. yeah? You you didn't think lower, and I don't think it's it's it's. He's obviously only scored thirty eight, so it can't be much much. Uh, it's actually sixteen. Which is it's a big. That's, that's like a lot, yeah. half of it, nearly. Mm. I thought that Gary's so, logic was good there. Yeah, we we were talking about um, Mane when we during the Real Madrid match last week with the lads, and uh, I actually said Mane was one of the best headers pound for pound, and everyone laughed and said terrible yeah, shots. He got absolutely. So I started looking at players in the league to say, well, who scored the highest ratio of headers? And I saw a couple of them there. It's like freaking hell. Um, so yeah, okay, I, was, I, I can see that to be honest. One one with that um, substitute thing, but then the other one was like. Because he doesn't take pens and he and he's got a crazy yeah. grim. Wasn't left the last season where he went like six games on the run scoring at Edda? Sure it was. Give you half a point for knowing he didn't score um, many goals with his left foot. He scored seventeen with his right, sixteen with his head, five with the left. Yeah, he <laughs> got many with his left. Right, okay. Bobby Firmino, he scored sixty-three Premier League goals for Liverpool, but how many 
with his favoured right foot. I'll give you 40 out of 63. 40 out of 63? I reckon he scores about seven or eight headers. Firmino? Yeah. If not more, I reckon he's got about eight headers. That means only like, what, 12, 15 with his, 15 with his left foot. He, he does, he is one of them, isn't he, where he kind of shifts it onto the, to that right foot. I haven't got a clue for this one, I'll be honest. Um, I suppose the question I'm gonna, is, I'm going to say lower, I think, I think it's about 38. Okay. Lower. And what have you give us? I'll give you 40 out of 63. 40. With the I don't think he scores as many heads as what, as what you're thinking. I think I he scored I less. I think he scored about eight, eight or nine heads. I think probably five, maybe five or six. Um, 40 with his right foot. I'm going to go higher than 40. I think it's probably about 42. Okay. Judges doing well, yeah, because... How many you said 15 with his left, didn't you? You were bang on 15 with his left. He scored 32 with his right and 15 headers. Actually, yeah, I told you. Yeah, Premier League, God. he scored a few headers. <laughs> Surprising, isn't it? Okay, then Richarlison, he scored 37 Premier League goals for Everton. But how many with his weaker left foot? I'll give you five. <laughs> 37. Five, so that leaves 32. He's probably. He doesn't really get many with his head, does he? Maybe similar. 5, 32, 27. I'll go more than five. More than five? Gets a few with his head, you know. He's had a few headers. Um, if it, if so I'd like say it'd be a similar like ratio. Five because be, it's low. Yeah, it'd be a similar ratio to Firmino for headers. I think he's got about seven headers, I reckon. Firmino um, 15? I know, ratio. compared to 60 odd. Yeah. So I think he's got about six or seven headers. What did you say? How many did you say? 15 with his left? Sorry, what was the nut? That was Bobby. So Richardson scored 37 altogether, and I've give you five, five with his left foot. He's not he's not one of those, is he? He takes pot shots with his weak foot. He tends to wait for the opportunity wait for the moment, doesn't he? And he shoots a lot, but he shoots a lot with his right foot. I remember two goals he scored with his left foot off the top of my head. Um I I think he scored quite a few headers. I'm going to go, I think it's about four, you know. Go for it, you're four today. <laughs> not this time, he's not. Oh. Um, I jumped in there, I didn't even, even, even say it. Sorry, I <laughs> so thought he'd gone with it. Um, he's actually the most rounded player on the list. He scored 17 with his right, 11 with his left, and 8 with his head. So he's pretty, pretty, pretty rounded um, as a striker. Okay, so What Jay- scores that now then? 2-1 to me. 2-1 <laughs> <one. laughs> <one> to me. <laughs> James Milner. 55, so this is Premier League, by the way. Wow. Couldn't isolate it from Liverpool, but 55 Premier League goals, but how many were penalties? I'm mm. going to give you 15 out of 55. So only 40 yet, not penalties. Oh, he scored a lot of pens for us. It's whether he's taken the penalties at his other clubs as well. Low City, Villa. I'm going to go higher than 15. Higher than 15 penalties? Yeah. I think lower. Leeds, he scored a lot as a kid, didn't he, as well? Pens. I say a lot. No, just goals oh, in general. 55 he's got in total. And yeah, I so I think he scored about nine for Leeds. Yeah, goals, no pens. Newcastle, he probably got about 12 for them, hasn't he? Depends he I don't there, think so, he? no. Um, Liverpool, he scores at least it's 10. It's going to be close, though. scores at least saying. 10 pens, hasn't he, at Liverpool? And he's probably got a couple for Man City. I think lower. Just higher, 17, 17 pens in his career. And just for the 
for the uh, fullness of it. He's got 38 with his right foot, 8 with his left foot, and one header. But we'll end, Gary, Leighton Baines scored 32 Premier League goals for Everton, but how many with his famous left foot? I'm going to give you 29 out of 32 with his left peg. Wow. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm tempted to still go higher because <laughs> he's t- a, a lot of them will be pens, a lot of them will be free kicks, and then a lot of them will be coming onto them for coming out the, on the edge of the area. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as saying it's 32 out of 32 left peg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going think, higher. And he scored one with his right foot. I can remember one, but yeah, I think it's higher as well. I'd free say kick. higher, definitely. I'd say higher. Judge on fire again, but both right. Um, yeah, 31, one with his right foot. I remember, I remember the goal with his right foot, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was that? Two one overall. That was three one. Three one. Three one. All right. All right, guys. All right. As Mills, would say, as Mills, would say, Red play. You'll never walk alone, loud and proud. <laughs> <laughs> on your iPod Nano. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to to previews. Then we're going to start with uh, Everton's uh, home game to Spurs on Friday night. Now Ancelotti's in his his post match. Interview after the game was, was quick to point out that we'll we'll be expecting at least three players back for Friday. He said he expects Alan Gomez and Dominic Calvert Lewin to be fit for Friday. The funny thing was, the uh, the interviewer had to, had to ask him just after it, "What about uh, Joshua King?" And he said, "Oh yeah, Joshua King as well." <laughs> <laughs> so so he's that he's that much in the forefront of his mind that he he didn't he didn't even think to mention him. <laughs> oh, which is which is, that says a lot well, for Josh King. Ah, oh, shocker! When you, especially when you look at Lingard as well, it yeah, looks like you've missed the boat there. But I mean, the funny thing was when we were linked with Lingard, we go, "No, not another ex-Man United player, Jim him off. Let's get Josh King instead." Yeah. Proper <laughs> Everton. Um, but yeah, so previewing the Spurs game, obviously we've got those three three play, three players back in contention. He also uh, mentioned as well the fact that we you know we've we've got got one over Spurs twice this season, once yeah. in the cup um, after extra time, and, and obviously. The first, one of the first game, well, the the first game of the season. We watched in the Berkey, didn't yeah, we? Um, Calvert, a Calvert Lewin header that day gave us a one nil, one nil victory. Um, I mean, a bit of a wounds as animal at the moment. Mourinho spares, you know, some would say they're in turmoil. Mourinho seems to be losing the plot a little bit, like he did towards the end of his tenure at United and Chelsea. Or is it just an, you know, that that additional psychology from Mourinho, and is he going to turn it round? What are your feelings? I think it will come down to mentality, and 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 I can't see I can't see us winning. Honestly, can't. I think we're just. And I know they've just been beat by Man United, but I just think we're. I just can. We're just on a downward trajectory. I bet you still predict a victory. I'm not, not going to predict a victory <laughs> to, this week. I, I can't see it. Honestly, can't. They're just above us in the league, aren't they? And I think mentality-wise, they've just got a couple more players who are winners. You know. Yeah, and and that type of mentality, you know, I just think I think the edge is out to be honest. Especially, I think the fact that we beat them twice goes against us. They can't oh, plan to run out <laughs> against them this season. So, I can't. I can't it's horrible to say, but I just think our season's just petered out. Petered out. Yeah, yeah, I do. I actually disagree with you to the extent that um, I think Spurs are one of them teams where I just think suits the way that we play. Um, they don't quite press the opposition. The way that we've had problems with, with with other teams, they also don't quite sit back either. So they do leave gaps in behind. Uh, Liverpool, I think, showing it when they played them away, where they just do half of you know ne- neither one or the other. Now, I think when they have their days are when Kane and Son are just on fire. And I think when them two are playing really well, 
I think very few teams can can deal with them. But I, I think I think it's one of them we're talking about. I do think the way that they play suits the way that we play, and and the way that you know we talk talk about the ident- identity of this team or the lack of one. I think it is a little bit neither here or there, and I think the way that Spurs plays is almost kind of the perfect balance for for the way, for the way we do or, or we don't. Um, I think I think the return of, of Calvert Lewin will be important against these because they're just so flaky at the back. They're bad at the back, yeah, especially centre half. Steve, because Alderweireld doesn't get a game, does he? Really? No, not really. So it's no. uh, Dyer and, and the, the other one? Sanchez. Yeah, it's Sanchez. Yeah, and I think they are a bit. You can get at them, but I don't know whether we've got whether we're saying before about us playing as if you know on the front foot. I don't think. I don't know whether we've got it in us to to, to cause them that much issue, that many issues. No, I, I think in the cup we didn't, and I, I don't we really did in that game of you know at, at White Hart Lane, still called in it, um, at the start of the season either. I think I think we just we kind of when we had the ball, we just we, we tried to play in the channels, tried to play long, tried to cause the problems in behind and and over the top and, and whatever, and we did. Um, and I, st- I think again, I think it'll be a case of us defending. So deep that we're not maybe going to give Son the space in behind that he likes. It'll be you know pot shots from Kane, which which you know can occasionally go in. And I think it's one of them if they don't go in. And apparently Pickford's back as well. Uh, I think it'll be a big that'll be a big boost for us. Even though you know Olsen has deputised really well, I think we underestimate how good Pickford's distribution is and how important yeah. it is yeah. to the way we play out because those like those passes that break that first line that Alisson hasn't really gone his locker, yeah. I think do make a big difference. Yeah, especially when he's been more composed this season, hasn't he, on the ball? Less erratic. Um, I just think, what well, if he brings, so he's going to bring Alan back in. That, that, that he just said he's fit, yeah, so Alan's going to be back in, which is a, which is a big bonus. He's going to play next, alongside who? Davis? I think he'll play um, Alan, Alan Davis and Gomez and play Hammers. Richard, Hammers behind Richarlison and, and yeah, um, like yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, it's probably the best bet in it, but I don't know. I just, th- I just think, I think we've sort of lost it a little bit, and and, and and as I say again, it's a mentality thing. I know what you're saying. We can sit deep and you know we can we can defend well and, and all this type of thing, but I just think mentality wise, we've sort of lost our way, and yeah, it might take a game like this to, to get up forward and think. This is actually it now. If well, we he, get beat here, we, I can see us finishing bottom half. If we get he, he did say that. He did say, look, we're entering a period of games now where we're playing all the teams around us. So, you know, we can either feel sorry for ourselves for the points we've dropped or we can say, look, we're playing all the teams around us. We we, we beat these and, and we're basically still, we're still masters of our own destiny is what he was saying. Because we're still playing the Leicesters, the West Ham's, you know, the, the Tottenham's, etc. We either win them games and, and we qualify. Oh, we don't win them I'm games. I'm just looking at your like running. It's really tough. Yeah. Spurs, Arsenal, Villa, West Ham. Then you've got Sheffield United. That's when our, best run. And our best run of the season was against all those teams yeah. in December. And that's what he's saying, basically. And, and that's where I'm, I'm getting this. And I, th- I remember going into that last run thinking, I can't even see where the optimism is going to come from because we haven't really been playing well enough against the I poor think, teams. Yeah. Think I think Tottenham are bottlers, Pricey. I think they're bottlers. They've always has been. Just like the identity, the DNA of that club is that they bottle it when it matters, I think. Yeah, and use your head in by two points if you win your game in hand. So you should be confident, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not confident. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be negative or anything. It's just the performances we've put in the last few weeks yeah. haven't given me any hope. It's not like we've been unlucky or we've attacked mm. and we, just, we haven't played well and we haven't on the ball is, is the main issue. On the ball... We've got nothing about us. But Gomez, you're not the, Sigurdsson, 
do you not think with the, with the addition of a few of the players you just mentioned and maintaining a defensive solidity that you've always got a chance against the better teams to a certain extent? Yeah, and that's what well, that's what we set up to do, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, that's that's Ancelotti's thing, isn't it? To to not give something away defensively and then try and nick it. Okay, if well, I open wrong. I, I no, really no, do open wrong. It's fine. And, you know, I'll, be, not... I'll be going into it. You know, so wanting to win, but I just I just think we're. I think our season's going to peter out. I honestly. Okay, think. go on in on that note, then pricey. Uh, 3 and 11 no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we're going to get beat uh, it's horrible okay. to say but I do by how much? by Let's a go. single goal 1-0 one 2-1 nil, 1-0 one. One nil, one nil, I'll give it ok um, I'm going to go 2-1 Everton um, I, I do think that I was, I was kind of talking up my approach to the game I think with it, I think we'll have a, a bit more intensity going into this game I think <coughs> it'll be welcome having um, Calvert-Lewin back just to put pressure on their back forward and I think that I think we'll have enough to to, to, to beat them. So 2-1 and go. I think this is the and first the way, time we've ever had someone predict their own team to lose. No, they <laughs> predict us to win this every time we've been on. So, But I think, and I'm not going to go, go into it now, but it shows how much we missed Calvary. You just mentioned Calvary and coming back, I think last night showed how much we yeah. missed them, actually. Yeah, yeah, as a, as a, as a, as a presence as in a there, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, okay, so... Final, I'll say finally we, we've got a um, we've got a who am, I, how am I to come? I've just got a what about, mention what about Liverpool v Leeds? That's what, I'm, that's what I said. <laughs> I said finally, but we've also got a who am I to come? Um, I'm just going to mention that I will be watching the. Uh, I managed to watch the boxing on the weekends on um, on the zone via my stream <laughs> locator. So thanks again to our sponsor stream stream locator for providing me with one of their boxes. Um, that allows me to purchase a zone subscription via Canada. Um, for for seven pounds a month, which means I can watch all the Premier League games, and I was able to watch the boxing at the weekends, all sixty odd seconds of it. Um, for for as again for seven pounds a month, as as opposed to paying the box office price, which which a lot of the boxing is, and and also the you know it saved me money on me, me BT and Sky subscriptions. Um, so again, check out Stream Locator. There's a link on our website if you go to acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk, um, and you can you can again claim it. Or you can you can buy a box via the link, but brilliant really for anyone who's into watching films and and um, we want to try and do that at a discounted rate as opposed to paying the bills for for Sky and BT. All the information on there on how to to get a stream locator or the information about it is on our website. But highly recommend it and massive thanks to them again for for sorting me out because it saved me a fortune this season. Mm-hmm. You have to be loaded not to get it. What's that? You'd have to be loaded not to buy one. To yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was loaded and now I'm not loaded, <laughs> so I had to buy one. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to move on to your preview of, of Leeds. So you've got Leeds away on Monday night, fresh from beating Man City 2-1 at the weekend. And Bielsa just keeps on plucking results, doesn't he? And, keep getting 2-1s. They beat Sheffield United 2-1 and Fulham 2-1 before that as well. And then a draw with Chelsea before that. So they've got Fulham, aren't they? hate these Monday night games as well, mate. Yeah, see, I'd, I'm not bothered when we play because it's been all over the show lately anyway. But mm. for me, I'm looking at Leeds as a team that is, is and we've said it loads this season, but it's a team that's probably set up for us. Yeah. No, they, they, they don't tend to change their style. Right? They, they may drop a little bit deeper against the better teams and things, but they still play the same way every game. And I think that sort of plays into it. Well, it plays into our hands from last season anyway, whether we can recreate that form again going forward. And yeah, I think. It's our opening fixture. Yeah, That's and it was a, game, yeah, it was four three. Yeah. We scored late on to win yeah. as well. Penalty, if, if I remember rightly, Salah. Um, but yeah, I think you know we've we we need to we need to keep winning. Basically, you know we're gonna have the Chelsea will have played, um, West Ham will have played, Leicester will have played. Every team will have played. Now we're around us. 
So the pressure could really be on us. And if the pressure's not on us because they haven't won, it's then on us to take advantage of, of them dropping points. Yeah. So regardless of how the results go the weekend, it's going to be a big game for us. Um, I think when I look at the teams we, we've got coming up, like everyone's saying, you know, our hardest fixtures, Man United, and, and that's it. We've got the rest of the pl- their teams we're playing, the sort of the lower, the lower teams. But... They're the teams we're struggling against. Yeah, West Brom and Burnley. Yeah, they both took points off. Exactly. Us. You know, they're they're the ones who sit in. Who were sit, sitting in and it was on the bench on, on the counter, which is the one that's causing us the most problems. You know, Leeds are although they they may sort of employ a similar tactic, they're still going to be a lot more open than what them them teams are. They're not going to have yeah. two banks of four or a bank of five and a bank of four, and yeah. which is what we're struggling against. So. I'm more inclined to say we're likely to win this game more so than, than them other ones. You'd always fancy scoring against Leeds. I know you just said yeah. it's too, they wouldn't even win it to 2-1. Yeah. You'd always fancy to get a goal against Leeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. Yeah. And, yeah, there's not much more to add to it. I mean, obviously, we've got to come got to come through Madrid. Um, we won't have any eyes on Leeds. Obviously, we'll just put all our eggs in, in the Madrid basket and then it'll just be, you know, hopefully you'll be taking some momentum from that game into it. And hopefully, The only thing is... In, you know, to give them credit, they do come at you and they arrive with like proper numbers in your box. And you know, with our defenders that we've got at the moment, you know, you have to be concerned about that. They've got quality with like Rafinha and that Dallas and Bamford, so there's, so there's stuff to be wary of. But without a doubt, yeah, I, I, I think like you, Gary, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the same way. Wonder what the yeah, are loads of goals, three. yeah. <laughs> um, at looking at coming at the back of Madrid, I think no matter how that game goes. This the the Premier League game is still is still gonna be massively important because even if we get past Madrid, even if we were to win beat beat them two 0 you're going into the next leg there against probably Chelsea. We'll find out tonight, but probably Chelsea, and then you've still got to get past either Bayern, PSG, City, or yeah. or um, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of them. I don't think Dortmund are gonna get through, but. Mm. You're not likely to win the, the the Champions League this year, so we've got to get in that top four. Yeah. So the Premier League, the, the Premier League games have got to There's be not that many left, and they all seem must win to me. Like yeah. pretty much going yeah. into it, you feel like that. Because even Southampton, like we've got them to play as well, and they're a bogey team. I feel like they're a bogey team for us. Well, this bit. year, everyone's been having <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So all right, then shall we move on to prediction? The, who, oh yeah, okay. So we have to do that. I'm gonna say four three again. Mad one. I, I think there'll probably be goals in it again. I'll I'll go three two Liverpool. Okay. I'm gonna have to put a bet on that now, aren't I? <laughs> okay. Okay, brilliant. Um so finally, who am I? So again another feature that the Phil's plucked he's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get recruited by a like a, a broadcasting company, I think, for for, for coming up with game shows. Yeah, but I've got my hands over my book. I keep getting paranoid everyone's looking at the answers here. Um so should we start with the Evan player or the Liverpool player? We've just talked about Pool, haven't we? Let's move on to Everton then. So, clue one. This player made his debut for Everton on the 24th of September, 2008. Debut for Everton, 2008. Don't forget, if you think you've got it, don't no. say it out loud. Not like Phil me. ruined it last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. December, did you say? September, was it? September 2008, he was bought in, in that, that summer, 2007. That, that was... FA Cup final Chelsea was 2007 wasn't it which was like Sahar and all that so it was the following season after that well, the Cup final was, was later than that wasn't it 2009 wasn't it oh it was yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so it was still, so it was still this is only clue one lads you know we've got four <laughs> no, more no, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about the area, for, area first that's hard it's around when Coleman, Coleman came a bit later than that so, so we, we, we still so have Moyes then yeah we still yeah, have Moyes definitely yeah. 
Did you okay. just see me tell Gary? No. <laughs> I just mouthed it to Gary. Yeah, your mic's in your way. <laughs> oh. Okay, he's six foot one. Six foot one. Someone back here with any clues? Um, I, am I allowed to say it now? Do you know Do you think you've got it? I've got a feeling. Let's save it then. Save Mouth it. Mouth it to me. Um, made his debut for Mets. Made his debut? Oh, sure. French. So, so you were wrong, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Saha. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd say. He retired at Lazio. Does that confirm your suspicion or go I'm not sure if he was if he went to Lazio like but may well as well. Okay then and finally Evan sold him to Tottenham. Yeah, so he's a hard one. So he's yeah. You yeah. actually mentioned it on the first the first clue. You got the year wrong though, didn't you? Did yeah. you well he, he played in that FA Cup final, but yeah. I th- yeah, I I got two thousand seven. Scored as well, didn't he? After thirty he seconds. Yeah. Was well, at one point the quickest goal in FA Cup final yeah. I think someone yeah. broke it a few years later. Went on a hot streak with when he finally he didn't have injuries at first and then when he came in I think he went on a hot streak for us, didn't he? But he was a good player, like he was like you could see the quality in him. Yeah, he? he's a very he culture player. Yeah, I mean, even even player. like the, it was a bit like um, the Etta. We could see Sam Aletto, couldn't yeah. you? Just see the quality, yeah. but it's like different level. Is it? What you did Rooney go? Was anything to do with? No, Rooney was well. He's well no, before, yeah, Rooney was well gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, for a bonus point, how many goals did he score for Everton? Do you think? Um, about. Should you say this is a question? 23. No, I didn't. 23. Close. Pricey. Uh, 26. 27. Right, we'll move on to the Liverpool player then, Gary. Um, this player made his debut for Liverpool on the 7th of August, 1999. Very early days for me, that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no clues then. So he scored 19 goals in 184 appearances for Liverpool. Um, okay. 19 no. goals from no. midf- midfield I'm thinking more midfield okay debut, uh-huh. debut in 99 Gary looks really blank here he hasn't yeah. got, he's got not I think, I think, I, think, I, think I've, I think I've got a, an okay. idea who it could okay. be too okay. early for Gary Mack so when he joined Liverpool, this is a big clue I think when he joined Liverpool he was reunited with a close friend fucking hell <laughs> it's not meant to be easy no but I think that's a good clue well when, when you know where it is you're a bit harder Okay, moving on. So he starred. Absolutely blank here. He starred for his country in Euro '96. Well, I, I was six. Done, think you done well. Oh, I, I was six. Paddy Berger. Well, Schmitter. Okay, so the final clue is Champions League final. He scored the Champions League final Schmitter. goal. A fairy tale ending to yeah. his yeah. career. Yeah. Boy, was out here, John. I feel play right. Yeah, you're doing. You're doing, doing it from when, yeah, the clues were from when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the listeners enjoyed it and, and got the answer right as well. But yeah, that was who am I? Okay, thanks for the the work on that, Phil. Um, it's obviously a customary to do a blue and a red. I normally just do one from one <laughs> team, so I'll have to match that now. But thanks for the work. Uh, the game shows have definitely brought something different to the pod, so appreciate the work. Um, just to end on a. a, a Slightly more sombre note, but a, a traditional note, for, I suppose, for both sides sides of the park to, to, to kind of look back on. Um, on Thursday, will be the 32nd anniversary of, of, of the Hillsborough disaster. And just on behalf of the podcast, obviously, yeah. we, we, we've decided not to do a week in history this week because, you know, there's only one thing that this city should be thinking about um, at this time every year. And it's, it's you know, the, the, the families and, and loved ones that were lost during that day and, and just... Not, not, not more to say apart from the fact that you know we, we will always remember as fans both sides of the park and we'll be united on that front. So, 
again thoughts um yeah no it's it's nice that, it's nice that the words come from a blue this week and they can come from any side of the table today can't they and um as you say it's just every year it's just a chance to look back and remember we should never ever forget what happens and uh no but do you know what's happening you know it's, it's been a long time now and and what you're seeing now is lots of positive initiatives are coming out now and people are doing lots of positive things so um a friend of the show jeff goulding got in touch with me and some of his friends 96 of them are getting together and the climbing ben nevis in aid of mental health and raising money for that um, i'm going to do a quick interview like five minute interview of one of them for, and that'll be in next week's show so anyone who wants to donate to that will be able to but that's the positive thing that's coming from hillsborough and that's what scousers do they, they'll they'll take a, a tragedy we'll we'll support each other through it and then you know we'll not turn it into a positive but we'll extract what we can from it on a positive note so, so yeah. well said phil yeah, and well, well done to the to everyone who's, who's involved in, in such initiatives. Fantastic, uh, great to hear about. Um, and and just to just on that note, a little bit further on, I suppose the camaraderie between the fans. We're, we're looking to try and extend our relationship with our fans in the coming weeks and our listeners. Um, so we, we'll be opening our doors from a from, from one sense in one sense of the word uh, to invite our, our regular listeners into a into a group to be able to discuss things about the show a little bit more often maybe to just vent some of your feelings after the game we get so many messages after the games and at key times during the season from, from fans on both sides who you just want to kind of have their opinion heard and, and hopefully this platform will give you that opportunity but we'll give you more news on that are we thinking putting reds and blues in together We'll see. We might have to manage that a little bit. We'll see who the admin on the group is. Um, but yeah, we'll have more news on that in, in, in the coming weeks and hopefully you know, a lot of you want to be part of that. But on that note, thanks everyone for listening again and take care of yourselves.